0: Welcome back to Raw... Let's see, what is it this week? (laughs) Welcome back to Raw Vegan Lens. I'm your host, Sherry Michelle. Let's go. I am also laughing because as soon as I decided to do a podcast episode, my dog started chewing on her bone like there was no tomorrow. (laughs) So I tossed a pillow on her and another and another. So now she's under a pile of pillows. She's just listening to me now. (laughs) But she was chewing away on the spoon. Hilarious. So if you hear some weird noise like. (laughs) That's Jebby under her pile of pillows. Oh my gosh! I started to make a list of things I wanted to talk about, and I stopped myself and said, "You know what? I'm just gonna be in the flow because that's where I am today." I had a great talk with uh, with FX, who co-hosted with me for the the one episode <laughs> that was raw subconscious lens. And I apologize to the listeners I lost in changing the format um, because they were clearly in it for the raw vegan aspect and felt that that had disappeared. But it turns out FX has started a new job and he's super busy and he's undergoing a lot of major changes. He just, um, a 13 year relationship um, came to a close, and kind of abruptly, and uh, he also had his rabbit, Velveteen, transition right before that happened. So, I'm just gonna plug in here. So he's going through some major changes, and Not a great time to take on a podcast, but he had really wanted to. He'd been thinking about it a lot. And when I brought it up, he said just that day he had been asking someone else to do a podcast with him. I think he got a nice taste of it. And he also learned that doing it solo and raw and unpolished like I do is so much more user-friendly Of course, you can do it a million different ways. You can outsource the editing. Um, You can learn to edit yourself, but it does take a lot of time. I suppose unless you get really good at it, then maybe it's, it's not a big deal. But I found that it was like 10 times more complicated. And you guys spoiled me. I mean, I'm just used to being able to go to the app on my phone, record, and then airdrop it to my laptop and post it on our RSS and I'm on a lot of different platforms so it's just automatically it goes out to Spotify and Stitch and all of that so Apple Podcasts um I think there's about a dozen of them so anyway it's really easy and user-friendly for me doing it my old-school unpolished unprocessed <laughs> nothing fancy just the straight message style and so we both learned a lot from it and uh, I really hope he does his own podcast because he has so many awesome things going through his head all the time and he makes hypnosis super user-friendly we both realized that just calling them tools opens up so many more possibilities with people just hypnosis has a negative uh still a bit of a stigma unfortunately and so i've just been reframing in my own mind um other things that i do that fall into that category so we're back to where we were with the podcast (laughs) well never we're never no man steps in the same river twice right so we are moving forward um, we still had, have a different name, um, but I'm also suspecting that raw nomadic lens is the true, the true energy of this podcast, maybe of my heart. <laughs> At this time in my life, we shall see. Probably some of you <laughs> uh, might be wondering what is going on with my relationship and how is raw affecting that? And just how is life affecting that and my age and all of this. So let me see if I can slow it down a little and present this in a clear way. So my partner and I had a great December together holiday just time together after I came back from the west coast and it just felt like wow I think we're gonna be okay I think I said at one point we were going to visit his parents like wow we're we're still us like we just have kind of a when we're out and in the flow we have a really great energy together I will say um, as much as this apartment has been a great part of our life. It's a pretty apartment and it's been right for us for I think it's coming up on nine years. This is the longest I've ever lived anywhere, aside from my childhood, I guess. From I lived on a farm from age two and a half till I was 13. So it's all it's coming up on being in that same, you know space for that long a period of time that doesn't feel right to me (laughs) I used to move around a lot and of course being nomadic just like turn the volume up on that full blast and I loved it I love figuring out how things work in a new place and just seeing new things I absolutely love it And yeah, maybe that's ADHD, but maybe it's just who I am. I know that in one of my past life regressions, I've only had three, which some people have not had any, but I went to hypnotherapy school. So I had one there. I had one from a CD and then I had a big one that was like five hours. So I had two very short ones and one really long one that I was in actual trance three hours. The intake intake was two. And I did quantum healing myself after that for a year. Um, uh, but I had that session for myself before and there's the bone You're silly. Come here. And so normally in quantum healing, the client, you got the client through three lifetimes. And I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but um, what if I took this phone for a little bit and you played with your monkey? And so in this session that I had for myself, the hypnotherapist uh, kept me in the same life for the whole whole session. And so it was, yeah, a really long time to be in another life. Oh, honey, I got uh, She just broke a candle <laughs> and unplugged my laptop. And you know what? I'm not going to edit a thing. Good grief. Okay. <laughs> Let me get plugged in here again. This is the most unprofessional podcast ever. Unprofessional sounding, I should say. All right, let's get focused again. I said it was a really long time to be in one life. And in that life, at the beginning of it, I was nomadic. And I know I've talked about this in other episodes. But when I set out on my first nomadic stretch there um, when i went up the east coast and when i went in dog sat in california and down south and then up into canada <laughs> that was a squeaky toy oh my gosh i realized just before i set out that i had been a nomad oh my gosh in that lifetime i was a nomad and so that's always in the back of my head too that it may just be the way that I love to live, the way that maybe there's some bleed through there, maybe it's just that I like new things all the time. There's this poem that I first read when I was about 25 in an ADHD book when I was diagnosed in my 20s. I'd been diagnosed when I was six, and then I uh, but didn't know what it was, just knew I had to take pills because I was a bad girl. That's what I thought at the time. (laughs) But um, I never knew what it was about. And then in my mid twenties, um, I went and was diagnosed again. My dad explained to me what it had been and went and was re-diagnosed. And then someone gave me a bunch of books. And so I read in this book, this poem that also haunts me by Robert Service called The Men Who Don't Fit In. I'll read it for you. Because it's still... It's funny. I took it as a criticism until I realized, probably five years later, that he was talking about himself. He was a writer. And um, so then I got to know a lot more about him and just Googled the heck out of Robert Service. And I don't feel that uh, his life ended badly at all. But I think a lot of this um, reflects feelings he had about his own life and that the author of the book, I can't remember if it was driven to distraction or which one it was at the time um, in the early 90s, no, 95. Was when I read it. Um, that stack of ADHD books. Robert Service didn't know he had ADHD, or you know, this is just a, it's just a—it's a label of our time. It's just—I think it's just like it says, a race of men, a race of women. It's a—a a type of person. And I'm just less and less um, thrilled with labels, the older I get. But it's called *The Men That Don't Fit In* by Robert Service. There's a race of men that don't fit in, a race that can't stay still. So they break the hearts of Kith and Kin, and they roam the world at will. They range the field, and they rove the flood, and they climb the mountain's crest. Theirs is the curse of the gypsy blood, and they don't know how to rest. If they just went straight, they might go far. They're strong and brave and true, but they're always tired of the things that are, and they want the strange and new. They say, could I find my proper mark? What a could I find my proper groove? What a deep mark I would make. So they chop and change and with each fresh move is only a fresh mistake. And each forgets as he strips and runs with a brilliant fitful pace. It's the city quiet plotting ones who win in the lifelong race. And each forgets that his youth has fled, forgets that his prime is past, till he stands one day with a hope that's dead in the glare of the truth at last. He has failed, he has failed, He has missed his chance. He has just done things by half. Life's been a jolly good joke on him and now is the time to laugh. (laughs) Ha ha, he's one of the Legion lost. He was never meant to win. He's a rolling stone and it's bread in the bone. He's a man who won't fit in. Now, as I get older, (laughs) uh, and more evolved, more spiritual. I take issue with most lines in this poem. (laughs) Love the poet. Um, But again, one of the earmarks of ADHD is being overly critical of oneself. No, we don't fit in so great. um, Those of us with ADHD, but I don't think from a spiritual perspective that's even close to the point of being here i don't think we're sent here to fit in i think we're sent here to express our creativity and and grow and love a race that can't sit still mm, yeah i'm pretty fidgety <laughs> breaking the hearts of kith and kin was something that uh i felt really bad about living outside of my home state, away from all my family. I've had a lot of guilt about this line of the poem. And roaming the world at will, now I'm doing that too. Like I moved around a lot, but I didn't travel as much as I am now. Range the field and they rove the flood and they climb the mountain's crest. Theirs is the curse of the gypsy blood and they don't know how to rest. I think Gabe has taught me how to rest but I also think it goes too far in that direction. The more that I'm around him, he really likes to rest and just veg out. And, uh, that's a really slippery slope for me. So um, we just talked again the other day about how I, I had to remind him, like I, I cannot waste my life on that couch watching TV. So now I'm sitting on this couch doing a podcast <laughs> and the TV's off. Um, so this is a tough one. Um, this paragraph or stanza, if they just went straight, they might go far. They are strong and brave and true, but they're always tired of the things that are and they want the strange and new. Well, most of you know, I've had 134 jobs and I've often said if I would would have just stuck with one thing. I'd be an absolute master at it, but I just can't imagine doing that. I I haven't had just any one thing in my life that was so riveting. I didn't want to do anything else. I have really admired other people who are like that. I have autistic friends that are like that. Um, But even they have uh, some other interests. I'm just not wired this way, and I, I don't see why I should think that being any other way being single-minded and super focused at all times on one area is the ideal if it was we'd all be like that right so yeah it would be cool if I had a PhD (laughs) or you know my own corporation or something. Um, Could have been cool if it was the right type of thing. I don't know, like a spiritual publishing company or something. Never say never. But I don't think that every time I chop and change in each fresh move, (laughs) I don't think it becomes a fresh mistake. And even if it, if I'm wrong and it is a fresh mistake, We learn more from our mistakes than our successes. I don't think any of it's a mistake. I think it's all learning. Think about the businesses I've had. um, The the experiences I've had, the places I've lived, the people I've known. um, Just all the things I've learned, it's all stepping stones. These are all stepping stones in our lives. So I don't think it's fair to call them mistakes. And the next stanza as And each each forgets as he strips and runs with a brilliant, fitful pace is the steady, quiet, plodding ones who live in the lifelong race. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think there's any one way. I don't think when you transition, you know, your guides, your angels, the universe, God, whatever you believe greets you, whomever you believe greets you, I don't think they're like, oh man, you get a red ribbon, you get a blue ribbon, you get, (laughs) you know, each of our paths are so unique. There is no right and wrong. Like thinking makes it so. We know this. And I think we all take a turn at everything. And... think it's more likely the questions are how well did you love how much did you grow and it's not recently well and listening to all of the interviews I could find with um, with Vinnie Todd Tolman who I mentioned in the last podcast uh, he says heaven is not a courtroom It's a classroom. And so is this. So there is no, you've done it wrong again. (laughs) It just, that's all in our head. That's just programming. And I just don't think only the quiet, steady, plodding ones win in the lifelong race. I think that's nonsense. And this poem programmed me big time. If you figure I've been hanging on to this now for 27 years, all of these things knocking around in my subconscious mind, Um, I need to let it go. The last stanza especially. He has failed, he has failed, he has missed his chance, he has just done things by half. Life's been a jolly good joke on him, and now is the time to laugh. Ha-ha, he's one of the legion lost. He was never meant to win. He's a rolling stone and it's bred in the bone. He's a man who won't fit in. That's all societal conditioning there. Do you see that? That's just not true. If he was, in fact, talking about himself and others like him, obviously he was talking about others like him as well when he transitioned I have no doubt they said my gosh you lived a really full life good job look at all the things you learned and he was shown all the things that he learned um Vinita Tolman said he was when he the moment he realized that it was his body that he'd been watching um you know be dead and discolored and revived and all of these negative things came in like oh you idiot how could you have not known that was you and um, then he was shown like the mis- like not mistakes I forget the word he used he said all the bad things he'd ever done and it just kind of snowballed and then his guy Drake he just felt this warmth on his shoulders and his guy Drake was standing with his hands on his shoulders. And then he was shown all of the good that he had done. He said it far outweighed the bad. That's what I think I'll always imagine, you know, is part of transitioning. And I don't think any, any being of light would ever think your life had been a joke that it was time to laugh, that you were never meant to win, that you don't fit in. It's just a really sad, sad stanza and I'm letting it go for good. Very talented man, very interesting man, led a fascinating life. but I've carried this around with me. Practically memorized. I can recite most of it. And, and that's not such a good thing I think these days. Carried around for 27 years. Yeah, wow. Yeah, letting that go. That feels right. Today I was listening. I listen to podcasts all day while I work. And I think I mentioned last podcast that last episode I'm doing DoorDash all the time right now. (laughs) And the more I do it, it's not like the more I do it, the more I love it. But the more I do it, the more I see that it is just right for this time in my life. At first I was like, wow, I can't take a regular job because I committed to a dog sit for a friend and a dog sit for um, a family member. And then uh, now I see like, that's perfect. This is going to be the perfect summer um, in a way. I'll get to travel some, I'll get some solitude. I have total freedom, even though I'm here at home with Gabe and Jebby. During the day um, I'm in a, you know, way up north, out of the city, and I'm listening to podcasts all day, learning, 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 learning. Today, one of the things that really stuck with me that I learned about was um, energetically matching in a relationship, and it really made me question, are Gabe and I an energetic match? And we can be at times, but the majority of the time, I think we're not. And if you want to look at it from a clinical perspective, he's on the spectrum and I have ADHD. So faster is not better in this uh, in this um, in this way uh, but I'm usually moving faster and and when I'm not often it is because he has pulled me back to slow me down and sometimes that's a good thing because I'm just doing too much and other times I feel resentful because I want to do more and I'm having to do less. But right now I am doing less. I've really pared back on projects. I'm not on social media. Like I can go days without, well, I went longer than days. I'd say weeks at a time after having to be, on for the business. Now I don't have the business and I'm able to just go on when I want to and that's really not very often. You have to keep in mind that while I was in Hawaii I felt like throwing my phone on the ocean an awful lot of the time. Um, yeah, I think less technology feels much better for me and... Not having business feels better for me. Having more freedom feels better for me. You know, really, it was my own failure to set proper boundaries. um, That was the undoing of the business. And yes, I could have pushed myself to learn to be firmer, you know, not responding to emails or texts or anything after like six o'clock and I would have my phone on do not disturb but I could not ignore people if they contact me and they were like my dog's missing my cat's really sick I think she's going to transition you know like stuff like that I would drop everything well you get busier and busier and the business is growing and you're dropping everything all the time and guess that where that puts you and your relationships dead last it just doesn't work for me um carol gurney is a veteran in animal communication and her protocol was you did a session with her about your missing animal she gave you everything she had everything she received telepathically and all the tools you needed um to you know that you could do on your own and then you could contact her again in two weeks And I just could not even wrap my mind around me doing that. I thought it was amazing that she could do that. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I guess I'm just not built for that type of work. And I'm still seeing the logo here and there on different things and having to remove it. And um, I should probably put something on my site explaining that I, while I no longer do this, here are some valuable tools because there are some great tools that I learned. Um, I'm still thinking that over because I'm still saying, yes, on occasion, like my last client is still messaging me many times every day, and I'm trying to empower her, but it's, it's the never-ending session, and I'm just not sure that's right. It doesn't feel right. It feels like me failing to set boundaries and then feeling resentful about it. I like to see people grow and see things click for them. And like, oh, oh, okay. You know, and I like to encourage people, but I should not be accessible 24 hours a day (sighs) after I've closed the business, especially (laughs) for Sherry. But then I had another client who I'd done a session for. This is crazy. She, lives on a sailboat, had a cat who had kittens, or a kitten. So she had the two of them, the mom and the baby, and the baby fell off the boat while it was docked in the harbor. And he had transitioned. But he had a lot of fascinating things to say about their relationships and how they had been together um, before and how he would be coming back to her, but not as a kitten, but as an adult cat. Well, now she emails me and says that the other cat is pregnant again. And she wants to know if maybe he is going to come back as a kitten. And it's like, how, (laughs) who can say no to that? I can't, uh, you know, of course I have to do another session. It's interesting, the challenges that life places before us. And I feel not necessarily like I'm being tested, but like I'm just kind of being asked by the universe or my angels or whomever, like, so this is what you want. You want to end this business, you know, and then being tempted. Um, Other things too, like uh, I feel temptations are put in front of me to more or less remind me which path I want to be on. Like, you know, I talk about how much I love freedom and in my birth chart when I was 19, I was told that is the main theme of this lifetime for me, is freedom, and I I couldn't agree more. But every time, uh, almost every time an airline position is put in front of me, I really think about it. And then I realized like, no, that's not freedom. That is an illusion. When you work for an airline, they own you. There's not a lot of, it's, you know, they're big companies. There's not a lot of um, flexibility there. You have to wheel and deal on your own, pay people to take your shift or switch shifts with you. There was a lot of that going on when I was there. Um, Even just getting home. It's not just you clock out. You clock out then you wait for the shuttle the shuttle takes you to the parking then you take the from the parking you go to the gates from the gates then you commute home you know I just it's not freedom not in my eyes and yeah there's great travel perks and great benefits great insurance but at what cost for me the cost is pretty high I'm just someone who likes working for themselves or just being much more free and flexible and having possibilities open all the time so that if an opportunity presents itself, I really feel like I have the freedom to consider it and and seize it. Maybe that sounds selfish to a lot of people, but it really just feels like making the most of life. You want to talk about raw? (laughs) It's been an interesting couple days. I was not raw for the last. hour two hours I'd say and it was interesting I started to think of food in terms of vibration and just everything in terms of am I raising my vibration or am I lowering my vibration and I started to think of different foods and it's very obvious when you look at different foods what's going to raise or lower your vibration But I wanted to, I think the child in me wanted to have some Easter chocolate and I wanted some salty stuff and then I just wanted like a taco salad, like a, a vegan or a vegetarian taco salad. And so I did these things and definitely felt my vibration lower. Also, I hated all the sweets. They were completely disgusting. Um, I had three, four sweet things. Every one of them was yuck, gross. So it was good. I have no desire to have any of that. Um, The salad was good tasting, it was so-so, not as good as I remembered at all, which is always the case when you break raw, nothing tastes as good as you remembered it, Um, but also, it was heavy, it seemed heavy and definitely lowered my vibration, made me tired, Um, not like the vegan salads that I've made um, lately, and... I'd just rather feel better, and I know, like, I I felt like I was walking along the edge of a volcano, um, because when it comes down to it, it's not worth getting depressed again, it's not worth dealing with another bout of depression, none of it is worth that, so why did I do it? It just felt like an experiment to me but maybe that's an excuse maybe that's rationalization i didn't want this stuff all that badly though it just i guess i was just playing around with the idea of things raising and lowering your vibration and and it was interesting to see how much each of these things lowered it i mean i don't feel Yes, I just don't feel as I'm vibing as high um, and that's you're not always gonna be vibing high I mean just think that happen in life are gonna lower your vibration um, but I'm grateful that I know what to do and what not to do even if I don't always do those things I'm grateful for the knowledge I'm not sure if I completely addressed what I had started out talking about in regards to my relationship right now. I'd said that some of you might wonder like where we are with it. So, um, like I said, energetically, I'm not so convinced that we are a great match. I think energetically we are mismatched a lot of the time. And then sometimes we are in a good groove. Don't think we want the same things, and you know, it's interesting too. Like, his parents are here, and he's you know, we're the ones that live closest to them in the family. And of course, he feels responsible and he loves his parents and wants to take care of them. And I love his parents, but look at my personal situation my dad died in 98 my mother's been estranged from the family for a long time um and of course i did reconnect with her and spend time with her um last fall but she's really not like i'll hear i'll get a message from her maybe once a week or twice a week and usually it's just a picture or a meme or something which is fine if that's where she is and that's where she needs to be that is totally fine It's still better than it was. But that's what my life gave me. So it makes me question if I'm supposed to be free to be nomadic. If my personal life is not designed for that. But of course I have Jebby here. And today a thought popped into my head that it was like a thought of someone telling me, but that's Gabe's dog. She's Gabe's. And it's like, Well no, that's not true. Like she's she's our baby. And I do miss her when I'm gone and um and I love spending time with her. And she's ten now. So it all you know, it all counts the amount of time that I spend with her. Nothing's cut and dried, nothing's simple, (laughs) is it? (laughs) So we shall see. In the months to come, it'll be very interesting because... So I have a dog sit where I'm away for two weeks at the end of May. For the month of July, I have a sit that I'm doing here in Chicago, but it's overnights and that's for three weeks. So I'll actually be here in the city, but I won't be in my home. So we'd be apart. It's kind of going to be like we're dating, I think, for three weeks. And then I have a week back and then I go to uh, my cousins in Missouri to dog sit for them for three weeks. So I'm just very curious to see how it goes with our relationship and how that feels for both of us. enough, I'll be excited to come back and if I'll miss him and a lot of the time I, um, you know, I look forward to seeing him again or I have looked forward to seeing him again, but I didn't feel I missed him when I was in Hawaii. I did, um, towards the end of my stay. But I also I just wasn't in a good place either. And I think we tend to want comfort when we're in a really dark place. At least some of the time, or at least reassurance, maybe, or someone that just knows us better than anybody else does. There's so much to be said for shared history. I'd like to end this episode on a really high note (laughs) instead of so much uncertainty. Um, I just still feel good even though I wasn't raw all day today and today was like day 10. I don't feel like... I feel less and less of a need. Be like oh I broke it now I have to start all over again I ruined it that whole thing like I feel like I just want to flush that thinking down the toilet for good it's so self-destructive I think like viewing yourself as failing over and over and over again 17 years of that for me of failing it raw every time I would break it and instead of just being like oh I lowered my vibration there um, Walked along the edge of the volcano. Um, I don't feel like I want to do that tomorrow. That feels better. That feels more loving. Um, more compassionate. I mean, it's, isn't it incredible? All of the stuff we carry in our head. Judging, so much judging, you know, judging ourselves more than anyone, probably. Another thing I got out of Vinnie Todd Tolman's story, which I believe it's called After the Light. Look it up, I can look it up right now. Um... He said, ah, the light after death, L-I-G-H-T, the light after death. Um, He said that when we judge anyone, he says you think of your finger pointing at them. And this is, I heard this way back when I was a kid, you know, you point at someone else, you've got three fingers pointed back at you. But what he said it a step further he was told by his guide drake that you are shooting a point of negative energy at someone else your thumb is shooting a point of negative energy to creator and the other three fingers are shooting three points of negative energy at yourself And that resonates with every negative thing you do or say comes back to you times three. We've probably all heard that. So that has really stuck with me. And I don't want to judge myself like that so harshly. Oh, you failed. You blew it. You know, like, gosh, I've just said that to myself way too many times. Enough. So I lowered my vibration some today. And I know I'll still be feeling that tomorrow. So naturally I'm gonna be working at raising it again and listening to positive things, learning positive things, eating high vibration food. I got some great ideas today uh, from Jillian Barry's podcast, um, someone she interviewed, Dr. Elizabeth. So yeah, what are the other podcasts I listened to? Um, I listen to the Love Fruit podcast. Definitely, that's one of my favorites. I used to listen to Radiolab a lot, but not so much anymore. That used to be my favorite. It's pretty much all neuroscience there. Um, I recently started listening to Blood So Said So. That's been very interesting. Chris Bledsoe's son um, started a podcast, and he's talking about their family among all kinds of other things, um, sacred geometry and uh, Midnight Gospel and just a lot of cool stuff. I highly recommend that. It's it's finding its feet still, I think, maybe, but um, a lot of fascinating things on his podcast. And... Um, Anne Teatro also has a fantastic podcast. Um, she's... Uh, British psychic medium, I'd say, but also just a fantastic podcaster. She interviews a lot of fascinating people. The Love Fruit podcast, though, if you're raw vegan, even if you're just looking to raise your vibration and eat cleaner, I'm go- I've listened to every single interview um, of Ronnie's on Love Fruit, and now I'm going through them for a second time and I'm hearing things that I didn't catch at all the first time through which would have been oh gosh maybe a year ago or more so that's been really interesting I listened to Timothy Schultz he has a great uh, podcast about lottery winners and how they manifested specifically people who manifested winning the lottery um, and he's a lottery winner himself. And uh, he interviews a lot of really interesting people from all walks of life. And um, yeah, very positive and interesting things. How they, some of them dreamt about it like he did. Uh, some of them worked hard at manifesting it. Some of them had this one woman, she was on Wheel of Fortune. She watched it every night with her husband as a way to just relax after work. And one night she said, I just saw myself in the blue section. He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I saw myself like spinning the wheel and like, and calling out letters. And, and so then she, she said, I even saw the outfit, like I was wearing. So then she went and applied and she said it took much less time than she thought. She was done in just a few minutes, sent a little video in. And it was incredible how she lives In California, and usually Californians are bumped to the back, and they don't get on for years after they apply because they're bringing in people from other places. And instead, all of these things happened, all of these synchronicities, and she ended up being on the show in like within like a couple weeks after she applied. Just like one thing after another after another, she just kept being pushed to the front, um, and this process speeding up. And I, I don't have any desire to like go on a game show, but I just thought it was really fascinating how everything aligned. And it all started with her just having kind of a vision um, and being really surprised by it. And then just kind of following that lead and moving in that direction. And it was like a trail of breadcrumbs. And before she knew it, she was on and she won a lot can't remember the exact amount but she did really well so that was neat Um, yeah so I listened to kind of a weird array of podcasts I suppose and I would let me see if I can pull up my Spotify I don't want to go out of my My recording app to check out my phone. <laughs> that would be counterproductive. But I think we're all this way. We we probably all listen to a wide array. Because we all have a lot of interest, because we're multifaceted human beings. You think of like a diamond and all the facets. Today, I also learned about a guy named Brewjoy. Isn't that a great name? It's B-R-U-G-H-J-O-Y. And he used to give these great um, retreats. And a lot of it was dealing with dreams and learning how to understand your dreams. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I could totally do that with. Hypnotic dream work. That would be so fun. Um, and it, interestingly enough, they didn't really, it, a lot of it involved like keeping a dream journal and learning symbols and da da da. And I'm thinking the whole time, well, symbols are great, but I'm still a big believer in um, th- those will not get you all that far because there aren't that many universal symbols. And they even gave He even said, it's very interesting how a snake is something um, very positive and spiritual in one culture and considered evil by another another culture. And I personally love snakes, um, but I didn't always. Uh, So that's, to me, that's a great example. Uh, You know, if you were bitten by a snake once, seeing a snake in your dream is going to mean something completely different than for someone who owns a boa constrictor or a corn snake or you know or loves having snakes in their garden or or me like I I love snakes now I've talked to snakes so I think that they're very cool so yeah it kind of sparked a little something there um, because I really still love doing hypnotic dream work and I really think of it as dream solving now that you know, ever since I taught myself how to write it out so that I could make it more shorthand for my own personal use. But I've also taught other people how to do that. And I think that there's great potential there for a workshop. I just never thought of that before. I had started a book. um, But I just feel like, why overcomplicate things? when I could make it very user-friendly. It's nice to have a book, something that you can refer back to, but I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. Anyway, I'm going to let that idea percolate a little. So I'm looking at podcasts. I listen to, I'll, I'll, I'll often make a playlist. If there's something you're interested in, I totally recommend going to Spotify or whatever a uh, platform you listen on and, uh, just putting in the search, you know, that topic or that person's name. And then I create a playlist with, um, you know, like Terry, Igiomo of trade and travel who teaches, uh, day trading and swing trading. That's where I took my trading course from. And before I took the course, while I was manifesting the money to buy the course, I was listening to every interview I could find with her, and I just created a playlist. I think there's probably about 15 or 20 interviews that I found with her, and I would just listen to those, and it's a great way to help you manifest. Um, Faster Than Normal is another podcast I listen to by Peter Schenkman um, about ADHD being a superpower. I think I've mentioned really my... My top podcasts. But yeah, they are kind of all over the place. And if I haven't told this story before, when I was in, I believe it was third or fourth grade, Mark Houghton's another one where I compiled a huge list. Recently, of all of his interviews, because he's a pretty interesting guy, sorted past and all, uh, we all make mistakes. I think he's really interesting, and he teaches people how to manifest winning the lottery. And he's won, uh, what would he say, over 40 times. He's hit jackpots. Um, you know, some are bigger than others, but uh, yeah, he's doing it repeatedly. That's the that's the key. So when I was in third or fourth grade, I got into, I joined 4-H, which is like a, it's kind of like FFA, Futures Farmer, Future Farmers of America. Kids, basically, they do projects and they take them to the fair and, um, you know, get blue ribbons and things like that. So there was a big list of different interests. Um so that you could determine like the type of project that you would end up taking to the fair at the end of the year. And so our neighbor, um, was the leader of our 4-H group and one of her daughters, Susan, who has now since passed, she was really sweet. She had Susan sit down with me and Susan was in high school and she said, um, out the sheet with her and see what she's interested in so it had it just listed everything sewing photography um you know um raising animals um painting um just all kinds of things and her mom came back over about you know half an hour later or something to check in with us because we were still at it and um i was supposed to be able to pick, I think, two or maybe three. And so Mrs. Dodowski came over and she said, how's it going? And Susan said, she she picked all of them. And Mrs. Dodowski laughed. She said, what do you mean she picked all of them? She said, she's interested in all of them, everything on the sheet she's interested in. (laughs) And I think it was like 40, 45 different things. And I had an inkling that that wasn't normal. (laughs) But to this day, I don't think it's wrong either. Peter Schengen from Faster Than Normal um, says, uh, he has a great book uh, by the same name, Faster Than Normal. He says, you know that all the innovators, you know, tend to be ADHD, the people that think outside the box, the people that, you know, started this country, um, went against the grain, you know, uh, and I think that's interesting, um, so anyway, yeah, my podcasts are all over the place, and just thought I would share that, it just occurred to me that I, I could do that, and so I have, Thanks for joining me today. I know you could have done a lot of things with this time. I know it was kind of meandering all over the place. Um, Sometimes it's freeing to not work off a list. And of course, things come up that wouldn't have had you stuck to that list. So I just didn't make one this time. And I hope you got something out of this. I hope you are being kind to yourself and and your self-love is growing by the day, by leaps and bounds, and that you're growing. Carbadium,